The Body Love Binge is the podcast for you if you're so done with living in the hellhole of an eating disorder, hating your body and constantly wishing you were thinner. If you're truly ready to heal from anorexia, bulimia or binge eating disorder and genuinely make friends with your body, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Victoria Kleinsman, a food freedom and body love coach, eating disorder and abuse survivor who's on an absolute mission to love and support millions of women to come back home to self-love and intuition eating. If it's possible for me, I know it's possible for you as well. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you in the episode. Hello, queens. How are you doing? I'm so excited. I mean, when am I not excited? However, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this as it's released or in the future or in the very, very far future. But as I record this, I am officially, just officially, Mrs. Kleinsman. Before that, fun fact, even though my business has always been Victoria Kleinsman, my name up until last Sunday was Victoria McDonald which feels so weird. <laughs> and I used to be called Vicky a lot. My name is Victoria, obviously, but I used to be called Vicky McDonald. That kind of linked with the identity of the eating disorder. So I started to call myself Victoria and asked others to call me Vic or Victoria instead of Vicky. My niece still doesn't get it, but that's fine. I'll give her an ex- an exception for her. But now it's officially Mrs. Kleinsman. So I just wanted to share my excitement with you all and welcome you to today's episode. And before we get into today's episode, I want to read the review, the testimonial that won my free, well, it's not it's not free, but she won it for free, the Body Love Buy online program and free membership. And her name is Janine. Hi, Janine. Thank you again for sending in your screenshot of the wonderful testimonial you wrote for me with a five-star review. And I invite everyone else to do the same, not only for me. I mean, this isn't, honestly, it's not for me. It's so I can reach more people and therefore help more people. That's the whole point in me asking for um, five-star reviews. If you think it's five-star worthy, of course, if you don't think it's five-star worthy, please don't review any less than five stars. I've had someone rate one star. I don't know if that was an accident or a hater or whatever it was. It's That's completely fine. I don't need to be five stars for everybody, but it doesn't help me reach more people. And the reason I'm doing this completely for free, the podcast, and you know, if you're an avid listener, I pour so much into this podcast. If you're new, welcome, by the way, and thank you for being here. If you're not new, welcome and thank you for being here. It helps me to reach more people. So I'm going to read Janine's amazing review. So thank you again. And Janine says, I believe that healing and getting unstuck in life comes from getting good information and even more from hearing someone who can genuinely model self-understanding and compassion. Victoria has been there and her beautiful voice, oh, her beautiful voice encourages me to speak truth kindly to myself, to accept the person I am at this exact point in my journey and to hold hope for the person I am becoming. Five stars. Thank you, Janine, again, from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to do that. And congratulations on winning the Body Love Buy. I can't wait to meet you in the membership. All right, ladies, let's get into today's episode. 
you may have seen the title already, wasn't sure what to call this. And I actually had a different name when I started writing this. However, as I started writing it, I was like, do you know what? This title needs to be very tempting in order for you to listen to it because this stuff that I'm going to talk about today, it doesn't get spoken about. Again, I'm not everywhere in the world all of the time, but from my professional and personal experience, I don't think I've, I think I've seen two people who I'm going to recommend right now because they're also incredible coaches to follow. One is Body Image with Brie. She identifies as a fat lady and she talks a lot about body grief. And the other one is, oh my gosh, my mind has gone blank. She was a guest on my podcast and her mind's gone from my head. So unconscious mind, please find it back for me. And I will tell you at some point in the episode when it comes to me. And if not, I'll pop it in the episode show notes anyway. And I'm talking about body grief. So again, the title of this episode, I've not actually shared that, but you probably already know, is called The Most Important Stage of Diet and Eating Disorder Recovery That Professionals Don't Talk About. And that is grief. And really, grief? Yes, because I'm not over-dramatizing as I link giving up dieting, giving up restricting, I mean, this, I know I have a lot of listeners that differentiate in what they're experiencing. So I have some listeners that are in a eating disorder, a diagnosed eating disorder, a lot of listeners who are in disordered eating. Again, just to clarify the difference in my personal opinion and expert opinion is the difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating is how negatively it impacts your life and the frequency of some behaviors and all of that. So in my opinion, they're the same thing. Just one is like more severe than the other, but they're still experiencing very, very similar things. I have a lot of listeners who are in eating disorders or disordered eating or are are on yo-yo diets and weight cycling, emotional eating, binge eating, all of that. So I'm speaking to all of this. This relates to every single one of you, but I'm not over-dramatizing when I'm linking grief and the stages of grief with giving up restricting, giving up dieting to the grieving process. So this is where, in my opinion, as I've said, people kind of go wrong and they're not talking about this because you have to shed the old before you can can before you can transform and embrace the new think of a a caterpillar going into a butterfly and a snake shedding its skin all of that even like birth when someone gives birth like the the baby leaves the fetus the fetus the baby is the fetus duh. the baby leaves the womb and then enters into the world so yes it's it's having life this is a total Victoria thing to say, right, in the way I'm trying to describe this, but it's having to leave behind the warmth, the darkness, the safety of the mother's womb. When you start a new job, you have to leave behind the job that you had before. So regardless of whether you're leaving behind something that you didn't like, you're still having to leave that and let go of that before you can truly step into and embrace the new thing, right? So I want to talk about letting go and why it's crucial especially in terms of grieving diets giving up dieting restriction grieving your fantasy body so before we start a new chapter in our lives in this case food freedom it's not as easy as just deciding you don't want to weight cycle restrict binge purge or yo-yo diet anymore 
It doesn't just happen that effortlessly. Be nice if it would. The process can be simple, but from my experience, it's not easy. And honestly, nor should it be because growth and transformation only happens when we face our fears and we are uncomfortable. And almost every coach that I've come across that teaches intuitive eating doesn't address the absolute root cause as to why the client turned to restriction in the first place. There's also a difference between intuitive eating and food freedom. Now, I use intuitive eating principles when I teach, but actually what I do teach and how I coach is completely different as well. I also focus a lot on body image trauma and fat phobia, how these affect each individual client and how they can overcome these. Because in order to truly live in food freedom and body love, we must fully say goodbye to restriction and say goodbye to our fantasy bodies. Because if we don't, we will always be hanging on either consciously or unconsciously to to those things, our fantasy body or to restriction. And therefore we'll be holding ourselves back from getting what we truly want. So a key part in my coaching is supporting clients through letting go of their past smaller bodies and letting go of their future fantasy bodies. And when they do that, there is then space to create and to step into the version of them that is already living in food freedom and unconditional body love. A great way to understand what I mean by this, excuse me, is to imagine a book. So imagine a book that is a quarter or half written. This is the book of your life so far. You have unknowingly written every single chapter of this book of your life. With you being the main character in this story, you've also decided what all the characters play which part in this story so far. And I am certain if you are here listening or watching this, that in each chapter, probably from the age of starting from the age of around nine, there will be words written about body shame, food shame, food control, not feeling good enough, etc. Most likely these words would have taken up more and more of your story as the chapters have developed, as the chapters have gone on. So I want you to look back at your last chapter that you have written. How much space did sentences about body shame, food shame, food control, not feeling good enough, etc. How much space did they take up in your last chapter? Now I want you to imagine getting a pen, similar to the pen that you've currently written this book of your life in so far. If you want to type, then whatever, you can also imagine it, it being typed. Imagine trying to write on top of the already written words and sentences. Imagine writing sentences about food freedom, body love, body acceptance, gratitude, pleasure, confidence, body love, self-love, etc. It's hard to read what you've newly written, right? 
And why is that? Because the previous old words are stopping you from seeing the new words clearly. So that is why you need to start a new chapter on a fresh page without the sentences about body shame and restriction and all of those things. You cannot write on top of what is already there and clearly see and read the words. You cannot truly live in food freedom and body love without first letting go of what's been holding you back for however many years, fill in the blank. So that, my love, is why it is so important and crucial to fully let go of restriction and body goals first at the beginning of this food freedom and body love journey before you can be fully, fully free and happy. And that's what I support my clients with in a number of different ways, because there are always reasons as to why they're hanging on to those in the first place. And it's my job to help them, you potentially, to discover why and then heal and shift that. So today I want to visit each stage of grief and speak to each stage from the context of grieving restriction, giving up dieting, giving up food control and giving up your body goals. First of all, I want to go into who developed the five stages of grief, because obviously I don't, I'm not taking credit for this. This is not my invention, the five stages of grief. And the five stages of grief model was developed by an Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and became famous after she published her book on death and dying in 1969. Kubler-Ross developed her model to describe people with terminal illness facing their own death but it was soon adopted as a way of thinking about grief in general. So with these five stages, the question that a lot of people ask is, do they happen in order? Is it like, right, okay, this is the first stage. I'm going to experience that and go through that. And then the next stage happens, etc., And then I'm done. Well, the five stages, which I'm going to go into in a moment, are often talked about as if they do happen in order, Moving from one stage to the other, you might hear people say, oh, I've moved from denial and now I'm entering into the anger stage. But this isn't the case. In fact, Kubler-Ross, Kubler sorry, in her writing, she makes it clear that the stages are non-linear. So people can experience these aspects of grief at different times and they do not happen in a particular order. So you might not experience all of the stages. You might find feelings are quite different with different bereavements. Obviously, we're talking today specifically about bereavement and grief in context of grieving restriction and grieving body goals. So let's go into the first stage, and that is denial. So for me, denial looks like still believing that one day I'll find a diet that works for me, and one day... I'll be living in my ideal body. That hope and fantasy that I'd been chasing most of my life wasn't just going to go away just like that. I started my food freedom journey and it felt like I was on a permission granted long binge. Literally thought I'd paid someone to tell me it was okay to binge. I was fucking fuming. <laughs> I knew in my head that restriction didn't work after 20 years of suffering in various eating disorders, 
but it was hard to believe that I would never pursue weight loss again. So depending on where you're at, as I go through these stages, whether you've experienced this, whether you go back to this, wherever you're at is exactly where you're supposed to be. But my hope is that talking about this and perhaps you feeling heard and understood and seen gives you hope that there's absolutely a way out and you don't have to continue going back and forth in these grief stages with regards to giving up restriction and dieting for the rest of your life, because that's no fun either, is it? Why the hell would you want to be half recovered? No. So the second stage is anger. Now, when I truly grasped that in order to live in real food freedom and unconditional body love, I had to completely give up all restrictions of any kind and the chase of any body goals. Oh my God, I was angry. That meant, of course, I was giving up the fantasy of having the perfect body. But here's the most important thing. I had to give up. So not, it was restriction. Yes, that was what I had to give up. But underneath the restriction, I was giving up the chase of my body goals. But that meant, of course, I was giving up the fantasy of what having my ideal body would mean to me. So for me, that was being desired being admired, praised, lusted after, loved, accepted, feeling powerful. Those were what I was really giving up, not restriction, because underneath all of that, those things that I've just said, so admired, praised, desired, lusted after, loved, accepted, powerful, those were what I was really giving up. And that made me angry as fuck because I wasn't only angry about having to give up those things if I wanted to be free, but I was also angry that restricting and dieting, it didn't work for me anymore. I was so angry that even if I wanted to, I somehow had lost the ability to diet and successfully restrict. And that really pissed me off. I felt like the biggest failure there ever was, even though I knew all the patriarchal BS behind dieting and beauty standards, I honestly still felt drowned in shame that I couldn't do it anymore. I also felt angry about the time I'd wasted on dieting, on restricting and living with different eating disorders since I was about nine years old. There was so much I missed out on due to my fucked up relationship with food and how much I hated my body. It stopped me from doing things or being able to enjoy what it was that I was doing. I was angry at society, diet culture, and beauty standards for keeping me a prisoner for so long. I mean, just a few examples that's come to mind as I've just been reflecting on that. I remember being on holiday one time, and I think it was, I think it was in Egypt, actually, or somewhere like that. I mean, any of you that know my story, I'm obsessed with Egypt. I've had many past lives in Egypt, but this time I'm thinking back to this wasn't with my now husband. It was with somebody else. And I remember lying there in a bikini. And by the way, I was like half the size that I am now. And I'm still even now in a quote, thin privileged body. I was half the size I am now. And I remember being so, so, so thirsty and wanting to get a drink from the bar. It was all inclusive. So you could just go and help yourself. The person that I was with, I also didn't have any self-worth or self-confidence. So I didn't 
dare ask them if they would go and get a drink for me because who am I to ask someone else to go and get me a drink and I remember basically waiting until he asked me if I wanted one which was an hour and a half later because I was so scared to get up and walk to get the drink when I knew he and other people might be looking at me and seeing all my cellulite or what I thought was cellulite and all what I thought was fat on my body I was petrified. And so I chose to basically, well, not die of thirst, because that's definitely an exaggeration, but chose to be super uncomfortable in the heat and not nourish my body with what it needed and not take care of myself, all because I didn't want them to look at me and then judge me in a negative way. It was so strong for me. So even when I was doing things like going on holiday, I still couldn't even enjoy the moment because of all the shame that I had. So I was also angry, going back to my anger story, I was also angry at how much I did hate my body, how much I wanted to restrict in order to feel safe, in order to feel desired, even though I knew it was wrong. I was angry at other people who could successfully restrict. I was angry at people who naturally had a slim and thin set point weight. I was angry at anyone who had had the body that I'd wanted. (laughs) There was a hashtag lot of anger. So maybe you're in the anger stage right now and that's okay. What I would say as some advice is to allow yourself to feel the anger and allow yourself to express the anger and move it through your body and cry and shout and scream and go boxing. And I wouldn't advise hitting people unless they have your consent and perhaps you're in a boxing ring but get that energy out of you. You need to feel it to heal it. That's so cliche, but it's so true. And ask yourself, what is your relationship to anger in general? Again, anger is not an emotion that's seen as okay to express in society, but you can be angry and express anger and it'd be very healthy because anger is different to rage and harm. So allow yourself to feel it and to express it and to let it go because it's not going to go away until you fully feel it. All right, the next stage is bargaining. So when we're feeling shame about how our bodies look, it's sometimes hard to accept that there's literally nothing we can do to change things. This was the hardest stage for me. And I kept going back to this stage over and over and over again, because I didn't quite fully believe that dieting didn't work. I just felt like, well, I just need to try harder. I just need to find the one that works. And if I just don't do it as extreme as I used to, if this, if that. So bargaining is when we start to make deals with ourselves. We want to believe so desperately is kind of desperation energy that if in if we act in a different way, then we'll feel better. So this can look like, and these were all my examples. If I only eat chocolate at the weekends, then my set point weight might be lower. I'm still going to allow myself to have as much as I want, but hopefully it will keep my weight down if I don't eat it every day. That's micro dieting. If I just don't have it in the house, then I can't eat it. I'm not restricting. I'm just controlling my environment. That's restriction. If I keep myself busy, then I won't even think about food. Therefore, I won't be restricting because I won't want it. That's lack of self-care and nourishment. If I just lose the weight 
first and then I'll start my food freedom journey. How many times have you said that to yourself? Hmm. It's also common to find ourselves going over and over again over past diets that quote worked for us temporarily in the past and asking a lot of what if questions wishing we could go back and change the things in hope that things could have turned out differently so this will look might look like if only I had not lived on takeaways for a few weeks when I moved house because we had no kitchen then I wouldn't have spiraled out of control. The diet that I was on before was really working for me. If only I just thought about it differently or got my mum to cook something or made more healthy choices. If only I'd done that differently, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Or if it could look like if my mum or my parents or my caregivers or my sisters or whatever hadn't been obsessed with weight loss when they were raising me, then I wouldn't be either. Why did why did they have to be obsessed? It's kind of their fault. All of that kind of stuff. So if you're in the bargaining, know it's a completely normal stage. And here's where, depending on the person, I sometimes suggest, and they never do, but I sometimes suggest to a client, depending on what's happening for them, what's coming up for them, I will, I might say, you can diet, you know, you have full permission to go and restrict again. And the second I give them that permission, of course they don't want it, right? So when they allow themselves to actually face the choice that they have, and that is to continue on this food freedom and body love journey, even though it's very challenging at times, not all the time, it's a lot of, well, ultimately it's completely worth it, which is why I'm here and which is why I do what I do, but it can be very challenging at times. So when they're faced with a choice of continuing the journey that's currently challenging or running back to the safety of dieting, then if they're given the permission, you can do that. Of course, they don't want that. So if you're bargaining with yourself and trying to like micromanage yourself without realizing it and you're not seeing it as restriction, then just ask yourself, okay, I can go and restrict again, but what's that? How is that going to end? There's a reason why you're listening to me right now, okay? The next stage is depression. Now, sadness and longing are what we think about most often when we think about grief, sadness and longing, wishing something different. The immense longing for a smaller body, the pining for validation and to be desired, that shit is painful, And it's that pain that makes us want to run back to restriction. But it is crucial that we learn how to feel and how to process these emotions and explore why it's so painful. Why is it so painful for us to be feeling these feelings when from an intellectual standpoint, you're just giving up restriction and your body might be a bit bigger. It might not. Everyone's different depending on if you're in, depending on a post of different things. But why is it like a matter of life or death to you? Because it was for me. It felt like it was for me because of that reason. So we dig deep on that. It's important to get help from a professional who has walked this path before and who is where you want to be. Don't ever take advice from someone who isn't even where you want to be. It's There's no point whatsoever. The pain, this pain of longing and sadness can be very intense and it can come in waves over many months. 
life can feel like it no longer holds any meaning, especially if the eating disorder has been your identity for so long, which can be very scary. And again, that's why it's really important to get support through this from a talented professional as the core feeling, the core desired feeling and unmet needs that you've been trying to search for via restriction, which honestly are usually the seeking of feeling good enough, the seeking of feeling loved and accepted. These unmet needs and these desires that have been manifested through restriction, attempting to feel those things can be felt and your needs can be met without being in your fantasy body. That's the best part about living in food freedom and body love. You really do get to have it all, really. And in all honesty, the only thing that I would say I don't experience now compared to when I had the quote perfect body, I mean, that's not even a thing, but I managed to get in really good shape, whatever that means again, in society's perspective. The only thing that I don't experience now compared to that time is lots of outside validation and admiration for the way my body looks. And that is completely fine by me now because honestly, I don't care anymore. And again, I want to speak to my thin privilege and I want to speak to the fact that I still get a lot of people say to me how beautiful I am and those kinds of things. And obviously they're wanting to compliment me but honestly, if someone says to me something like, you are so kind, that means a million times more to me than someone saying, or someone used to say how insane my body was. It doesn't matter to me anymore because it for you, right where you are right now, being validated, being admired might mean so much to you. And I get it. It used to mean everything to me. I would rather have died than be fat seriously but being validated being admired might mean a lot to you now but I promise it won't if you fully immerse yourself in this journey and get coached by me yes that was a shameless plug during this transformation your values change your identity changes and therefore your whole reality changes you completely change in the most beautiful, positive, butterfly-y way possible. And then you look back and you're like, wow, it's almost like that was just such an old version of me. It's like, it's not me anymore. And that's why it's hard for you at the moment to look at me or look at people like me saying similar things. Although I'm sure people don't say the same thing as me because I have my own unique way of saying things. Um, That's why right now it might be so hard for you to be like, where Victoria is, that is so far out of reach me. That's impossible for me. No, it's not. It's impossible. It feels like it's impossible for you right now because you're creating from circumstance, not from possibility. You're creating and looking through a looking glass of your current beliefs, identity, perceptions of the world, values. And that's what we change in coaching. That's the only way I can kind of give you a description of how the hell you get from where you are now to where I am. Okay, the last stage, and again, you can be experiencing these at any different times, is acceptance. 
just the word acceptance makes me just do the ah thing. Once I truly experienced acceptance and therefore surrender, my life rapidly got better. I felt more at peace in general. I was quiet in my mind. I had stopped fighting myself. I'd stopped wishing things were different, especially my body. I fully accepted, this is the key, key, key part. I fully accepted that dieting doesn't work for me, nor does it work for 95% of people in the world. I believed that dieting just didn't, it just wasn't an option for me. One of my mantras was restriction is not an option for me. I fully believed to the core that it didn't work. And I surrendered to that. And so then I was able to cut the cord completely, put any cord that was perhaps in the background, hanging on to my fantasy body or a diet that I would go on to make that fantasy body be a reality. I was free. I didn't like the way my body looked at this point, but I was in acceptance and neutrality and that's such a beautiful freeing place to be after a lifetime of resistance and self-hate and striving and chasing and forcing and not feeling good enough it was like it felt like a big exhale like i just did when i started talking about acceptance it felt like an exhale that had been wait that and i'd been holding my breath for 20 years and then the that's what acceptance and surrender feels like and acceptance is a moment to moment state of being, which is also a choice, right? Eventually it becomes your most natural state, by the way, and you don't have to think about it. But to begin with, you have to keep choosing to accept and let go of resistance over and over and over and over and over and over and over again every day. And you might experience all the different stages of grief that I've just spoken about in the space of like five minutes. I definitely did multiple times, but keep coming back to acceptance because who is the only person in the world that can choose to accept? You, you have the power to do that, nobody else. You can read about acceptance, you can hear me talk about acceptance. You can want acceptance, but only you can actually accept. And it's such a weird thing to talk about, isn't it? Because it's like, well, how the fuck do you accept then? And it's like, it's an experience. So you would have accepted in your life before with something outside of your body image. So think of a time before where you was in a situation or having an experience that you might have hated and you didn't want it and you didn't want to be there or whatever it was. And there was a moment where you just thought, you know what, you might have said something different to me, but you know what, there's not a fucking thing I can do about this. I hate every part of it, but whatever. And then just kind of like, just like released and accepted the situation. That's what acceptance feels like. So, and again, the embodiment of acceptance is surrender. And so it's similar to the weather, like not the same because you're not really emotional about the weather and you're emotional a lot, very emotional about your body image and what that means to you. But if you look out the window and it's pissing it down with rain and it's cold and it's windy and it's wet, 
you might not like it, but you just accept it because it's just the weather, just the weather doing its thing, right? We also need water and wind and wind and rain and all of that. So practice acceptance with your body. Acceptance is stopping fighting, stopping resisting reality. And like I said, you might not like the way your body looks, but that's okay for now because after acceptance is reached and experienced and chosen over and over again, you can start your journey to body love. And I've linked that in this, um, what I've written, my article I've written, because I've done, I think, two different podcast episodes and articles about specifically how to and the stages of body love. But you need to start with acceptance. So just to reiterate here, this grieving process absolutely cannot be skipped. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in KC recovery or micro dieting for the rest of your life. And who wants that? I mean, fuck that, right? Who wants to be half recovered? What's the point? So with me, we go all in. There's no half-assed food freedom and body love with me. If we're going to do it, we're doing it. We're doing it fully because otherwise, what's the point? If you ask me, I mean, yeah, anything's better than dying of anorexia. Anything's better than, you know, not eating nothing and at least eating something. But if you're going to run through some fear, Fear is just fear. You may as well run through it all. And then on the other side of fear lies freedom. In fact, I'm going to end you with that quote. And I brought one of my clients as a gift, a, I think it was a spoon because I bought someone else some cutlery as well. And it was engraved with beyond fear lies freedom. And it's so freaking true. So my invitation to you is to run towards your fear with someone who you trust holding your hand and experience the freedom that is waiting for you at the other side. And whatever stage of grief you're in right now, body grief, restriction, giving up restriction, grief, it's okay. Just keep moving forward, reach out for support. There's a few ways you can work with me. My group coaching is highly, highly supported, supportive. We meet every other week for the lifetime of however long you want to be in it for. There's no six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. You're in it for life. And I'm showing up every other week on a call and I get to coach you. I'm in there every day in the support group, sending voice notes. And oh my God, it's such a beautiful group of women. It's very intimate still as well, actually. So it's like, there's not hundreds of us there at all. And it's such a beautiful group. So that is very, very supportive. And you can join from as little as 200 euros. And Honestly, it's priceless what you what you get when you join that. And then if you do have a bigger investment, then explore one-to-one coaching. So you get you become my person to serve. You get me on WhatsApp 24-7. You also get the group and every every single program I've got, you have that automatically with one-to-one. So reach out if you need support. You've got this. Don't forget to rate and review and send me a screenshot so you can be put into the prize draw and potential to win the Body Love Bite program. And without further ado, I'll leave you to your day or your night or whatever it is or whenever whenever you're listening to this. And I'm sending you so much love. And if you have any questions about anything or you want me to create a podcast episode about um, a certain topic, please do let me know. That's actually really helpful to me. So I know that I'm supporting you with what you need support with. And I will see you next week.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, subscribe and leave me a five star review. Your support means the absolute world to me and it really does help me to get my podcast out there for those that need it. Thank you.